The government opens up a portal to space hell, and Thomas Jane gets four quick no-scopes before realizing he's made a huge mistake. <laughs> this is Spoilers. This is Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Spoilers Podcast. Today we're talking about the Stephen King short story uh, novella uh, adapted for the 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 major motion pictures, uh, The Mist, written and directed by Frank Darabont from 2007. Uh, so I kind of just uh, forgot about the opening question, so I came up with something <laughs> bug related uh, right at the moment. <laughs> Uh, to open up uh, the question. So just uh, real quick, we'll go from east to east. Do you guys have any bad bug stories? Any uh, crazy run-ins that you're yes. kind of uh, <laughs> afraid about? East to east. It's not Jordan anymore, not eastest. Um, Is it Brett now? Brett now? Brett now. Yeah. I. So like a bug story, I have a, a story that happened in, in my first semester in college that I didn't live down for a while, but I'll, could, I could tell you guys if you don't tell anybody. Secret safe with us. Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> the us, well, you guys and our millions of followers. Um, so this is Brett from Fort Wayne. When I was down in Bloomington, IU, uh, my parents sent me, and you guys will know this, a care package from Martin's Supermarket and uh, had all some g- good stuff in it. And I got super um, drunk, I guess. And I came back home super hungover, and I was watching football in the dark, and I just grabbed some muffins to eat. Mm. I had had the bag on the floor, um, and I took a bite into the muffin, and I looked down at my white shirt, and I had ants all over me. Oh, no. So I went and turned the light, I went and turned the light on, and you could virtually not even see the muffin because it was covered in ants. Fuck I, I had them in my mouth, in my just all over me. I had to run down... Yeah, so they called me Muffin Man the rest of the, uh, <laughs> the rest of the semester. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Oh my god. Whoa. That makes the rest of development so much funnier. This explains so many things. Uh, I don't know. Kind of, some things. But uh, I wasn't a big fan of ants before that, and I'm definitely not a big fan of ants now. Listeners, we need you to start calling Brett the Muffin Man. Let's make this a thing. <laughs> We need some fan art, too, of Brett just chowing down some muffins in his college bed with ants crawling all over it. I've, ne- I've never eaten oh, a muffin man. since. Just kidding. They're delicious. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that was a terrible story, Brett. Good, I mean, good story. Terrible experience. Thank you. Uh, next up, uh, is it Jordan? Probably me, yeah. Um, oh, man. I really don't know how to follow that story. <laughs> yeah, good luck following that one. No, I was going to just uh, reminisce a little bit with Corey about, you know, his former residents of the South. Um, just there's a lot of bugs down there, and I can't remember any specific stories, but it's a lot, a lot of roaches in my time um, in North Carolina. <laughs> but I I don't think I, had any, I ever ate any, so uh, Brett's got me on I that one. I didn't eat any. <laughs> I, I spit them out, probably. <gasps> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I was killing ants for a couple weeks in my dorm room. 
Alright, who's next? I think that might be me next. Uh, this is Josh recording from Goshen, Indiana. And we've talked about it in the group thread on Gchat before, but I would love to debut this <laughs> other story about Brett and Bloomington oh, that has to do with bugs. Um, between my sophomore and junior year, we all five of us roommates were going to stay in the same old crappy house both years. So oh, yeah. We, we all left for the summer, <laughs> come get summer jobs back in our hometowns. And uh, we weren't really good about paying the bills. And we were divided up into duplex. <laughs> and Brett's, Brett's side of the duplex uh, they got their electricity cut out. Yeah. And they had a fully stocked kitchen and fridge. And <laughs> needless to say, I was the first person to go back. And I went on my side. And I was like, oh, this is like, kind of smells weird. But there's no bugs <laughs> over here. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and then we... Opened up the door to the duplex, the other side, oh, no. and we had to get our flashlights because the lights wouldn't work. So it was like entering a horror oh, movie. Oh, no. And we just saw a kitchen with flies everywhere. Flies coming out of the walls, the cabinets, the sink, piled up dead on the ground. And we, we slammed the door and ran and didn't open it up again. Like, this was me and a couple buddies. We just hung out on my side of the duplex hung out in Bloomington for one weekend and went home and I had to tell Brett and break him the news that like, dude, your side is not, <laughs> not bueno. <laughs> okay, first of all, okay. That story is very, very accurate except, I mean, we were bad with paying bills, but we just turned our electricity off. We didn't get it turned off. We just didn't clear the fridge because mm. we're lazy college kids. That time. Second of all, it is not an exaggeration to say there were at least... 20,000 dead flies. Oh. oh my god. And they were in the Did fridge. They were, in, they were like open mayonnaise packets in the fridge and the <laughs> flies were in it. Oh my god. <laughs> and I made the greatest deal I've ever made in my entire life. I didn't want to clean it up, needless to say, so I said I would do an errand. One favor for each Tim and Drew, and they said yes, and I ended up just like literally going to the gas station and they, they're still mad at the deal, but uh, great deal. I did not have to clean any of it up. This is why Drew Ocklin is deal. not your best friend, because you <laughs> traded him half a pack of cigarettes and a toothbrush. This is the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals, maybe ever. Brett and the art of the deal. He literally got ten cigarettes and a toothbrush. A yeah, toothbrush, yeah, definitely toothbrush. For cleaning definitely up 10,000 flies. <laughs> it's, it's the worst deal from, since the trade embargo. Of Naboo oh. and uh, the Trade Federation. <laughs> Why would he make that trade? What an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Stevie, you got a bug story? Oh, that's really tough to top. I feel like Brett's coming in hot with the bug stories. Um, <laughs> jeez. I'm only part of that bug story, by the way. I'm uh, a third of it. These are really going to pale in comparison. Um by the way, the Muffin Man is the greatest nickname we could have ever given Brett for this podcast. So thank Yay, you. Can't wait for it to be called Muffin Man forever. Awesome. Have you seen the Muffin Man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the memes. Anyway, um, so I like. Did you guys ever like go to girls' houses like in high school and just hang out with them and watch movies? No. 
Anyway, <laughs> I went in the basement of my now wife back when I was like 16 or 17. Aww. And I remember like it was yesterday, we were watching Dodgeball, an underdog story. Anyway, <laughs> I look on the floor. Nobody says the subtitle. I look under the floor. I look at the floor as like we're watching the TV. And I shit you not, a spider the size of my hand was crawling across the floor. And we both freaked out, and this thing ran away somewhere in the basement, and I never saw it again. Oh. And I've been terrified to go in that basement ever since. It, this thing was a just a monster motherfucker. Like, you could have seen it from a mile away, and it was hairy- uh, oh and just terrifying. Okay, can you can you move on, please? It's like Shelob. That was your old house, though, right, Stevie? But, because they could live for ninety years. Well, <laughs> here's like one of the scarier parts too, is like the wife and I moved back in that same basement for like a year and a half while we saved up for our house and while our house is being built. <laughs> and I would just randomly think of like, there's no way that spider escaped this basement with no one seeing it or eating the dog. Like it could have done that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, just that's probably my terrifying bug story. Stevie slept with a gun under his bed every <laughs> night in the basement. <laughs> uh, Pap, you got a story, man? For being a last minute opening question, Mikey, this is awesome. like one of the greatest oh, in yeah. the history of spoilers. <laughs> I, 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 not like a long story, but like a similar PTSD experience with Stevie. I remember one time in like fifth grade, sixth grade ish, I was like just out. Riding my bike, I had some like baggy shorts on, like just did like a loop around Pinecrest, my neighborhood. Came back, like sat down on my computer in the basement to play some Age of Empires, and like five minutes later, like I felt like a prick, and like all of a sudden, like, it got real hot, like in my like bathing suit area. And I took off my <laughs> pants. There were three hornets <gasps> had flown into what? my uh, shorts while I was oh, biking, crap. like, and I just got like stung all over down there, and it fucking sucked. Oh, no. And I was like screaming and like. The real hor- the real tragedy of it was like every time I rode my bike for like years I had to, like do a little shimmy afterwards like I was so terrified of like a bug flying up there but did you say yes. a bathing suit area yeah what I didn't know how to put that? it so it got really swollen it, well I mean you know it looks like it does now I was much younger back then but it was huge. <laughs> <What>? uh. <laughs> uh, uh, Corey you got one. Yeah, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, these are some great stories. I don't have anything quite this good, but uh, like Jordan, I lived in North Carolina for a little while. Raise and, up. Uh, it's a pretty tough transition going from California to North Carolina. Like, it, I don't, no one really educated me, but I was like walking through the woods, I think, trying to take like a shortcut home Mistake. from school. Big mistake. <laughs> and uh, when I got home, I saw some weird little fucking bug on me. So, I, like, I tried to, like, kill it, but it wouldn't fucking die. And then I looked up my sleeve, and there was, like, more of them. <gasps> these little tiny bugs. I took off my mm. shirt, and they were fucking everywhere. Ticks. Mm. Ticks, man. They yeah. don't die, by the way. So, I, like, ran over to my mom. I was probably screaming. I was, like, 15 years old. <laughs> and uh, she helped me remove them. But I was, like, really freaked out. Going outside after that. Those are little arachnids. Fact check. Ticks do die. You have to cut their head off or something. <laughs> you gotta burn them. You gotta stab them in the heart with a wooden stake. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> 
just all horrifying stories. Mine isn't nearly as good, but uh, I've been riding bikes multiple times and had a praying mantis jump out Ugh. of a, a bush and fly hate at me. And I've what? fallen off my bike many times. <laughs> what? What? Just from that exact Do situation. they hate you? <laughs> Is that your spirit animal? I, dude, I don't, well, I would be riding my bike in like my grandma's uh, alleyway behind her house. Or her praying mantis garden. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> There's just like a bush at the end of the alleyway, and I, I don't know, maybe there's like a praying mantis nest or something back there, but uh, I got attacked multiple times by them, and those guys are scary. I, I hate praying mantises. They're so gross. Yeah. All right. Well, we all had some pretty good stories for that uh, question, which I'm surprised at. I kind of pulled that one out of my ass there, so that's nice. Uh, <laughs> but we'll start, <laughs> we'll start with the movie now. Uh, act one. Uh, we get David Drayton. He is a movie poster artist and there's a bunch of homages to like the thing and like, I think Indiana Jones gunslinger. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of this art is really just art by a real movie artist, Drew Struzan, who actually, uh, painted those pictures. Uh, so I guess it's like an homage on Stephen King or Frank Darabont's part, but, uh, he's working in his studio at his house and a storm rolls through uh and breaks his window to his studio um they go downstairs into the basement and they come out after the storm has gone away and they find that uh his boathouse has been destroyed by his neighbor's tree uh his neighbor brent who's played by andre brogger uh is a bit of a douchebag a bit (laughs) (laughs) motherfucker Oh, shit! Oh, oh, you motherfucker! Cocksucker! <laughs> kind of on edge, uh, seems a lot, and he's already at work kind of cutting up a tree that's fallen in his yard. And Drayton goes over there to trade insurance info with him. Stevie, as a homeowner yourself and someone who has never, ever had a problem with their neighbors... Not once. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think... Uh, the problem is between David and Brent. We don't know anything about them yet at this point. Uh, but personally, I think Brett banged Mrs. Drayton. <laughs> that's the rift between those two. What do you think? would never do that. There's a possibility <laughs> in between his wife getting chemo and eventually passing away from cancer that he could have snuck in over and gotten it on with Mrs. Drayton. But, I mean, it's pretty clear that um, there's chips the size of boulders on both of these men's shoulders. I mean, I mean, they bring it up later in the movie. It's that classic thing of, like, this is my summer home. And then our hero, Thomas Jane, who I will only refer to as Thomas Jane and not his movie character name. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. He's that local hero. You know, I mean, when you even say hero, well. he's just a local. You know, so it's that classic out-of-towner, I'm better than you, and you're just a simple-minded local type deal. And also, um, tree disputes between neighbors apparently are a massive thing. Uh, I think that's (laughs) one of the most common lawsuits between neighbors is tree lawsuits. So that's my guess. Yeah, and it turns out Brent is also like a lawyer himself, so he's probably, and we'll find out later in the movie that he's... I guess previously sued Thomas Jane. He must be a horrific lawyer. To not win in tree law when you're a lawyer yourself, he must be awful. 
<laughs> is that cancer part said in the movie? I don't remember that. No, it's in the uh, it's, it's in the it's in the novella. Don't start pulling in stuff from the novella. Fine, to fine. Uh, but yeah, I guess they have a previous history of not getting along. Uh, but right now, at this point, uh, they are getting along uh, because they decide to go into town together and get supplies and trade insurance info and stuff. And on the way in there, they have a little bit of a talk about conspiracy theories, about what the mist was. His wife asked, uh, what is that crazy mist coming in over the lake? And he's like, I'm not a weatherman, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I am Thomas Jane. <laughs> uh, Brent makes a, a mention of Project Arrowhead, which is like something secret going up on in the mountains. Apparently, everybody is kind of suspicious of it. And we're on sort of good terms with Brent at this point. Uh, Josh, when we get to the supermarket, uh, what's kind of like the inciting incident and what's your worst experience you've ever had in a supermarket? Good question. So in the context of the movie, it's like, surprise, this is a bottle episode because (laughs) the rest of the movie takes place inside the supermarket. And I did not see that coming at all, I guess. Um, I worked in a supermarket, um, <laughs> so I have a lot of bad experiences Arts, at Martin yeah. Supermarkets, which this is their second reference, <laughs> <laughs> regional regional reference of Martin Supermarkets. Shout out. They actually have really good chocolate ice cream and fried chicken. Chicken tenders, I, you know too. I mean? Oh, man. They got good fried food. Don't forget Fish Fridays. That's oh, French wow. onion dip, too. I shopped there today. But I think like I'm still kind of shocked just finding out that Brett... Brent Norton, the neighbor Andre Brower, is little Billy's dad. Like that answer <laughs> from that Stevie's question is still baffling. Like I'm kind of stuck there. I'm stuck in bathing suit area from Pappy earlier. <laughs> and, and the, the <laughs> Brent. <line>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is that what you want, Mikey? They they go to the supermarket and it's like, yeah, they they just go here to buy supplies because their energy is out. And their fridge is down, so they need to just get food, and they end up here for the next hour and a half. Yeah, and it turns out like half the town is in the supermarket. They've all they've all got the same idea of like we should stock up <laughs> because nobody has power or anything. And uh, while they're there, uh, an old guy runs into the store saying something attacked his friend out in the mist, and it's coming this way. And everybody's kind of like. Uh, confused as to what's happening. Maybe is this guy lying? Is he going crazy? Uh, but some people end up leaving the store. And Jordan, what happens to those guys? Yeah, there's a group that leaves the store, and they like obviously get attacked. And then there's also I couldn't believe the the one woman who like left her eight year old oh. to babysit some little kid, and she like tries to get the guys to like go with her as part of their manly honor and they're all like nah you gotta go <laughs> on your own <laughs> <laughs> nah bitch but she, be good but she goes and i think we actually see her later yeah, so it's kind of unclear that uh, yeah it's unclear at the time but you kind of i mean i assume that she had been eaten as well i like how mikey said that half of the town is in the grocery store and i feel like pappy probably got it the most but they're kind of split up into like segments of society, right? You have like the religious, the military, the normies, the left, <laughs> the, the right, the hicks, out of towners, <laughs> yeah. the jocks, the nerds. The season sh- one <laughs> cast of Walking Dead. 
one Saturday morning and lunch attention together if they're gonna <laughs> figure it out. I don't. I don't know. I mean, yeah. It's is it supposed to be CV? I I, I just like the ending is so different. That's why I was like, don't bring out the novella in this. But is it like, is it supposed to be an allegory for society? Like, is it like on like that on the nose? Like, is that what's happening? Not so much in the book. Is like more so the the book is more so a happening with monsters than like this is where it shows kind of like society is bad uh that's what it kind of more so references but in this movie yeah it's like let's gather up every single part of society but the part that blew my mind and still angers me (laughs) is every little grocery store in small towns like these has a little diner connected to them and in every diner in the morning there's six old men talking about the good old days or whatever is on their mind, because they have nothing to do, and their wives drive them crazy. Go to any grocery store in this country at this time of day, and there's six old men just drinking coffee. The fact that there wasn't that in this movie makes it a failure. I bet there's not a lot of old people Jeez. sitting in uh, diners these days, but... I saw it today when I went into Martin's grocery store. Six old men at a table <laughs> drinking coffee at 6.30 this morning. Were they at least wearing a mask? No, they weren't. Oh, my God. Hey, they're not going to let that dominate their life. No, of course not. <laughs> Stevie. This tiny mom and pop grocery store is not nearly as bougie as the Granger Martins that we are so blessed with. <laughs> that has a Starbucks and like croissants ready to go at all times. This hey, is just no th- bullshit. We're looking for sponsors yeah. on this pod. And if Martin's Martin Supermarket, Supermarket kind of for service and saving, Martin's Supermarket has come up six times. <laughs> It's a fantastic establishment. If you're ever in the area, try this is it out. an international podcast <laughs> all over the world. So I actually had a question about what kind of store this is because it doesn't seem very big, and it seems like about I don't know, maybe an hour in. There's like a whole group of people that comes from nowhere, but also it has so many things. Like, where do they get all that dog food? They got dog food. They got clothes. They got. It's probably the only store Guns, in town. They got more dog food than any store should ever have. Yes. Is this <laughs> like a food and stuff store where it's like food and stuff? <laughs> and it's just the most random shit you could find in a store. <laughs> I wish they would have had a scientist guy that was like, ooh, you mix dog food with spoiled cottage cheese and it creates cement. And they build like cement blocks. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> If it would have been a small town in like Kansas instead of Maine, there definitely would have been a gun section. <laughs> and things could have gotten real interesting. Right next to the checkout. Right next to the baby food. <laughs> uh, then uh, pretty much the last thing I want to take away from that uh, window of Scenes like Mrs. Carmody is just in the background, just screaming, judging at like the top of her lungs. <laughs> just like this is the end of days. What's the best Terminator movie? Judgment Day. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. Uh, she's just going. She's like the crazy cat lady about. from the. Simpsons. I think she's my least favorite movie character of all time. I hated her so much. I wanted her to die so bad. I've seen that on multiple mm-hmm. reviews. Is that she is the least. Oh, God, I hated um, her. character of a lot of people. Oh, my God. Uh, storm. Everybody's stocking up. Been like this since we opened. Grab your day, huh? Eh, I was a little pissed off this morning. Morning, Mrs. Carmody. With lies like these, I don't know how good it is, but I guess we'll have to make do. Keep your head down, pal. You know it.
Is it believable that that person who they're just saying this is a crazy lady is able to convince no, that crowd that child sacrifice is the way so, to go? I don't think so, because they brought it up. I mean, hours. like, first of all, you add in a mob, which, you know, is just hard to control anyway. Then you add in the fear and her making one little prediction, and then everyone else has, like, a, a confirmation bias when if she even says anything remotely close to what happens, they're like, Oh, I mean, it, to, it makes sense to me. It might not have happened as fast as it did, but uh, I think that all makes sense to me. Per, uh, but I've never been in that situation, so. Well, there's a little clue in the movie that's almost like she does have some sort of a connection. That yeah, one fly, super scary yeah. locust lands on her. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that fly from Brett's side of the duplex lands right at her stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Takes pity on her. I think that fly just gets a whiff of her nasty perfume. Is like I can't, definitely possible. I can't take a bite of this lady. She doesn't smell good. We should call her Karen from here on out. She is a Karen. Yeah, Miss Karen. Corey, uh, we get introduced to these dumb hicks that are insistent on turning on the oh. generator that has gone out in the back of the store. <laughs> is this how you view everyone from Indiana? Is it about a estimate <laughs> of what we appear to be like? And why are they why are they so insistent on getting this generator back on? Uh, well, I think Thomas Jane has some kind of explanation, or maybe it's Toby Jones Zola. There's a lot of people that I'm going to incorrectly label here. So uh, <laughs> they go in the back with Death from Bill and Ted and a couple William other Sadler. people. They go to turn on this generator. Um, there's like some banging going on at the loading dock door. And like all the redneck guys and stuff, they don't believe Frank Castle that that's happening. <laughs> Frank uh, Castle, <laughs> talk I'm about sorry. having no conviction either. Like he, like <laughs> they were super annoying when they're like, "You should have said that," but they're kind of right. Like he's like, "Oh, I heard some banging." Like, no, you saw the freaking metal door bend in. That's different than a little banging. Sorry, Corey, go ahead. No, you're right though. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. But uh, long story short. They do open the loading dock door, and uh, they, this kid's like really gung ho about it. Uh, I mean, we were talking about whether or not he's a kid before the show. I so guess he's forty four. Uh, the Terminator from American Pie. Um, <laughs> it's the Terminator. <laughs> when they open the door, we see some like crazy fucking tentacles come in, like Lord of the Rings style, but with like with spikes. And uh, they just start attacking people. Some pretty good gore in this scene oh, in yeah. regards to what happens to Sherman. He gets one like right to the chest and it's yeah. <laughs> it's pretty gooey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets a couple uh, suckers on his body and they just rip off some flesh. Do you think that scene maybe is like a minute or two too long? Yes. Like, it was mm-hmm. really co- I thought it was cool, but it, like it went on. I, like Usually in a movie like that, that character's sucked out out and gone in like a minute and this took like six minutes for like trying to save him and we have like no we have no attachment to this guy in fact we all want him to die because he's a douche but like i don't know that's obviously go ahead mikey sorry i think that i think uh he's trying to make a point of the dumb hicks not helping out and i think they just kind of hang on the hicks a little too long of just looking dumbfounded about what's happening (laughs) all around them because yeah there is quite a bit of time where Frank Castle is just like, are you guys going to help out or are you just going to sit over there in the corner while this guy is getting taken away? But yeah, I think it's an interesting scene anyways, because we get a little, a little, I don't know, maybe insight into how 
these people are thinking from Ollie because Ollie makes a point to say this is a problem that these guys can solve and they just need to do it to keep themselves like preoccupied and that kind of thinking that's it yeah that was yeah that kind Mm -hmm. of thinking kind of like boils over into the rest of uh these people's decisions especially regarding like the mob mentality later on in the movie but yeah he gets uh taken away and uh torn apart uh it's pretty gruesome uh but it is also a fun scene to watch uh yeah they didn't help him and they go back out into the store Frank Castle is like, hey, don't tell anybody what's happened out there. Nobody's going to believe it. We need to come up with a plan. Just go hang out by the garage doors or the back entrance door. Go have a smoke. Back by the beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go crack open a couple of cold ones and wait for me. It's Saturday. It's for the boys. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Brett. When they get out there, the biggest uh, dilemma that they are now facing is who do we approach to convince that this is all happening and what are we going to say to this guy like how are we going to convince you that bagger vance was taken away by a bunch of tentacles <laughs> like what what is your strategy for trying to convince brent i that would that just happened first of all i got a little whisper from my wife saying are you interrupting so i do i, I was interrupting we talked the same time and i just took over but anyway um <laughs> so I'm trying to limit my interruptions, everybody. Um, You've been great, bro. I would have taken him aside and taken him into the room and shown him. But I think he took advantage or he took for granted that they were kind of getting along and he thought that he would. But like someone like super rational like that, I, I don't blame him. I hate God. I hated that scene. I just It's so annoying just because you know what's going on and. Captain Holtz is such a douche during the rest of the movie. Well, it is kind of Thomas Jane's fault because there is physical yeah, evidence. Yeah, for sure. Why doesn't he just lead with that? I think that's kind of what you're saying, right? Just be like, hey, I need to show you something without mentioning right. the tentacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he could have done so many other different things, but that was the worst. Yeah, and Brent doesn't want to be taken as a fool. Yeah. Uh, he's like adamant that for some reason, I don't know, Drayton would try to pull a prank on him in this situation. I don't know why he thinks that, but I think is a collector. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he's so against uh, going back there just to see what's going on. Uh, but he doesn't want to get pranked. And so he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not believing you. And then he threatens him with uh, an assault charge, uh, like almost immediately. <laughs> and uh, at that point, it's now Drayton's duty to like kind of, rally the troops and tell everybody like what's going on ali is talking to his boss and he's like hey shut the fuck up and listen to the punisher guy he's got something to say (laughs) (laughs) what happens when they when everybody is finally agrees to go back to the garage door and check out the tentacle what is their reaction i was relieved that the tentacle was still there because i thought it was going to be one of those things where like the tentacle had like disappeared like Ugh. the wicked witch of the east and like rolled up underneath the the metal door or something but the tentacle's still there there's like a biker guy i think who's kind of part of this team like it's becoming very factionalized this team goes back it's the manager i think he pokes it with a broom or something and it turns into like a goo or blood on the floor or something but at this point now we have the managers on board the the rest of the groups on board, they kind of announce it out. And I'd also like to pause it here is that like 
they have a gun. They have a man. They have the manager of the store. They have military officers there. The fact that they lose control of the situation is a total failure on this part. <laughs> like they, they have all of the cards right now, and they lose control of this crowd. It's so bad. There, there's also the the aspect that these military guys are just like avoiding yeah, everybody they're the, worst. the whole time. They're they they're, pretty suck. they're the worst. I can't mm-hmm. wait for them to do something cool. If I was the townspeople, you would be like, "Hey, why are you not contributing anything? At least like lift some dog food." and throw it at the glass or something, help out a little bit. But yeah, these guys are doing absolutely nothing. And all while this is happening, Mrs. Carmody is doing lines of cocaine for Jesus in the bathroom. <laughs> oh <my laughs> gosh. Uh, she's just got a little altar set up or something on a toilet seat, and Mrs. Dunfrey, the lady with the gun, walks in and confronts her. And they don't like each other a whole lot. Um so, yeah, there's already a rift there between those two. I like real quick, Mikey. There's like a point she's praying to God. She's saying, "Give me one soul to save. Bring someone to me and I will save them." <laughs> Boom. This lady walks in the door, the teacher late Andrea from The Walking Dead. And she's like, "Hey, how you doing?" And she's like, "Fuck yeah. you, bitch." And walks out. <laughs> like, <laughs> ignoring a sign. Hey, whoa, whoa. She doesn't say fuck you, bitch. She says, the day I need a friend like you, I'll squat down and shit one <laughs> out. squishy turn. I wrote that note down. It's a sick <laughs> I, burn. I had the same exact note as you, Corey. Like, what is this woman's deal? Like, you think she's devout yeah. and sincere. And then as soon as she sees a person, she just flips. Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. The day I need a friend like you, Jesus said, I will squat down and shit out a turn. Don't say that, Pep. <laughs> No, I'm just saying she's so hypocritical, though. She's like, that's what makes her so infuriating. Yeah. We just lost Martin's sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pat, do you remember the wacky religious doomsday speaker that would hold court on IU's campus? Oh, yeah. All the time. The harbinger of Kirkwood, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) There's very like old school Bible, usually saying uh, bad things about the LGBTQ plus community. Didn't have a lot of nice things to say about anybody, really. And I feel like there's always a lot of kids trolling him. And it's usually a good time to watch their back back and forth. Yeah, and he would just damn us all to hell as we were walking (laughs) to class. You know, the good old days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably have to go to hell. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Carmody has her own sermon to give. Uh, what does she say is going to happen that night? She does. She pre- she predicts the bugs, and she predicts that at least one of them will die or get burned or something, right? Like she, I forget exactly how she phrases it, but she she's close enough, but vague enough, in kind of that religious prophecy way, where it like comes exactly true. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe she's just like. God is asking for blood or something tonight. Uh, he's going to be pretty pissed if we don't offer up a sacrifice or something like that. And she gets the whole crowd riled up because one of the hicks <laughs> immediately is like, I'm going to shove my size 10 boot up your ass, lady. <laughs> and things kind of pop off from there. <laughs> and in the background, the military guys are being very suspect and not helping with anything again. Uh, so Thomas Jane goes over and asks them for their help to finally do something and be productive along with everybody else. This is where we find out where Mrs. Dunfrey has a gun. Uh, Corey, who is in charge of the gun and what what are his skills? (laughs) Well, they give the gun to Zola. Um, (laughs) He says that he's like a crack shot or something. I, I mean, I don't really know. 
exactly what he said, but he's like, you know, I'm pretty good with a gun. I'll take it. And they're like, all right, fair enough. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an aspiring school shooter or something is what he says. Uh, he says like a target, <laughs> target shooting champion in 1995 <laughs> or something. Yeah, he's he's definitely got skills. Uh, so he's in charge of the gun and he, they got like, I don't know, three rounds of bullets. What target shooting competition has a six shooting revolver? As its main like weapon, all the best ones, the Red Dead Redemption revolver. <laughs> if you can shoot any, any one handgun, you can probably shoot most of them. So, but yeah, I'm with you there. If you can dodge a wrench, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a question for Mrs. Dunfrey. Why have a six shooter? Like, lady, that's that's not a. It's a 38 special. That's what it is. Just let you know. But uh, Brent has had enough of all of this nonsense talk of the apocalypse. He has decided for himself that he's going to walk out with a group and he's going to try and find some help. So he's like taking away this group of people and he's convinced them all to go with him and they're going to go out and look for help. I don't know if their intention is to come back. They didn't really seem like they were in the mood to (laughs) come back for those people. Um, But they leave and Corey, what happens to those guys? Hmm. Uh, well, it doesn't go super well. I'd say that. <laughs> so the biker guy says, all right, look, tie a rope around me. I'll go outside and I'm going to get this other guy's gun that's in his car. And I'll just like be right back. I think that's his plan, right? To get a, a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. An old guy has a shotgun and they tie like a shoelace around this Hells Angel guy. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they wrap some dental floss around him. He goes out. Uh, but you can see immediately that something goes wrong because... The rope starts getting pulled and like rope burns everyone's hands that's holding it. Oh, that was painful to watch. Yeah. When they pull it back in, uh, it's just part of his body. Pretty gruesome. Pretty cool looking, actually. But I think that was a pretty cool scene. Absolutely. It and is it's a cool evident scene. There's some like heavy shit going on out there at that point to everyone, not just our, our main group of characters. Mm-hmm. Isn't that much blood pretty typical when you use t- uh, dental floss, though? <laughs> if it has teflon yeah every time granted we don't see what happens to brent but I, it's just safe to assume that he's dead we don't hear like any screams i guess i don't remember anything happening there but if the hell's angels guy is dead he is also going out into the parking lot it's safe to assume that everybody else in that group is also dead are they in the novel because there's no hint to that later in this i wondered if in the novel they were dead novella i i don't know i I didn't read it i thought steve anybody here has read it yeah so if i remember correctly i haven't read it since god it would have been my freshman year of college um if i remember correctly uh brent and thomas jane's character have like a much more fleshed out relationship it's not just this kind of like well i don't believe you i'm out like it's very much more um like building an actual relationship before he leaves. That's what makes it kind of devastating. And uh, we, yeah, you never really hear from Brent again. So you don't know? Yeah, you really don't know what happens to him. So much of like the first 20 minutes is spent like developing the relationship between Thomas Jane and Captain Holt. That's and then a he just dies <laughs> off screen. Like, not the relationship, but their conflict, right? Like, the whole first 20 minutes is about that. And then he just dies off screen. Yeah, like, something is going to transpire from their whole situation. Like, will they become friends in the end? Like, they have this conflict of the tentacle situation, the tentacle conversation. And 
and I don't know, it all just kind of like burns down to the ground really quick, and then uh, Brent is just out of the story. So I thought that was a little weird. Pappy and Mike, would you guys have liked if Brent is on like one of those like military vehicles riding by at the end? Like, would that have been cool to I you? Wait for it after. Yeah, after seeing the first lady or the other lady, I was kind of expecting that as well, but. I told my fiance if Brent comes back, this is one of my least favorite movies we've ever spoiled. And when the short haired lady came back, I said, fuck you, movie, and like almost walked out of the room. I don't know. That would not make it cooler to me. Well, what if we get a scene with Brent dead, though? That'd be fine. Or the fact that they roll, run over his body on the way out in that like, <laughs> SUV thing. That'd be cool, too. Yeah, that would be cool. I like that idea. Uh, so, yeah, after they yank in that bloody rope. Now it's like Mrs. Carmody is like the prophet. Uh, everybody's pretty much convinced at this point, besides the rational group of people that we will see later that leaves, uh, is convinced by her being this kind of, I don't know, prophet of God in some way. And yeah, she's pretty much taking control or is starting to gain power with these people. When in my youth, I thought she was the most unrealistic character of all time. <laughs> and after the past four years, it's so fitting, and it, this movie aged so well. Yes. Like, it, it's pretty cool to see. They're not Biden people. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I liked that character the first time. We spoiled it in a Stephen King movie on Carrie. I didn't think they would have the exact <laughs> same character doing the exact same thing again. He does love his archetypes, does he not? Yes, he does. It's just... It's actually Pennywise. <laughs> that would that be makes great. Sense, actually. It's the turtle. Yeah. <laughs> the all-seeing turtle. Jordan, when these bugs show up, what's going to be your go-to move to defend yourself? Personally, I'm a huge fan of the mops with uh, gasoline <laughs> on the end. <laughs> <laughs> that works really well. Super effective against humans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, roll a one, man. <laughs> <laughs> they have a couple different weapons. I mean, some of them are just like wooden spikes that they've sharpened. Obviously, uh, who is it that has the gun? Ollie has the gun. Um, and then, yeah, they'd soak mops in gasoline and take a long time to light them on fire, but eventually they get them. I think it led to one of my favorite lines in the whole Dude. movie. <laughs> he, one of the guys like trips over the, the mop bucket and spills it everywhere. <laughs> I got runs from sure Oscar. It was, okay to laugh. <laughs> it was the best part of the movie. No, a guy comes from off screen and where are the goddamn extinguishers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's not man enough to light a regular lighter. He deserves it. <laughs> that was driving uh, me crazy. Just light the lighter. Come on. Oh, no, that went on that way too long. Yeah. Put on some Benny Hill music. That would have been perfect. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, That's the YouTube clip. Is the guy killing himself, killing himself on fire. <laughs> it is hilarious, but Josh, I've got an editing thing for you. If you could just take the the five seconds of that lady struggling to light the lighter and put it right before the guy catches himself on fire. It looks like she's lighting him <laughs> on fire in that scene. Can I also just say, uh, hey, this is Josh from Goshen, and if you like to get rid of bugs, uh, Martin Supermarkets has a really good aisle with all sorts of torches off. They got some like some of the spray with SPF in it. 
It's a good spot. Pops and buckets, everything. <laughs> Please pay us. <laughs> Some have gas stations. Service and sales. It's a great establishment. Uh, check out Rogue gets stung by a big bug right in the neck. <laughs> oh, she's, she gets taken out Dang. in a pretty horrific way. Probably the best death in the movie, or at least the most horrifying, I guess. Her whole shit with that army guy is so underdeveloped. Yeah, I, I kept waiting for it to be big. I need way more or none at all with that storyline. <laughs> yeah, it's really just like two scenes. I don't even know why they have the scene of them in the locker room at the store. It's Maybe. really pointless because she dies like 30 seconds I thought seconds he was going to hurt her. I was like, I don't like this guy. What's he about to do? <laughs> because he looks like a vampire? <laughs> he does. Do you think maybe it was because of they were trying to set up for later the fact that he was a local yet they all treat him like he's Satan, literally mm. Satan at the end. I don't know. That's true. To me, it was just like every spooky spoiler has to have like a sex scene before the first. Yeah, well, we like, didn't even death. get one. Ba- bags are <laughs> bags or go home. I think they ran out of schedule and just had to cut it. Cut the bags. That's what I personally think. I just think they ran out of days. They didn't have time for it, so they just cut it. This was shot in like thirty-seven days, right? It was thirty-eight days, and you need one day per bag. Six days for six what? weeks. <laughs> when that girl gets stung, though, man, her neck, that's thats an impressive practical effect. It looks yeah, really cool. Yeah, it's cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It looked really real. I mean, it's gross. Yeah, but it's, it's great. like a watermelon-sized lump on the side of her head now, and she dies. She, like, chokes on her own throat or something, just swells up. She turns into Boss Noss from Phantom Menace. Definitely. That's the leader guy. <laughs> Definitely. I knew exactly what you meant. Her EpiPen is not available, and she is not able to save herself. Uh, there's also a guy who gets taken out by now we have like a pterodactyl monster and he gets his neck chomped. Oh, yeah. And we talked about the guy who lights himself on fire and almost burns down the whole place. Um. Oh, and here's where we get the Mrs. Carmody thing. I think a lot of people in the store end up seeing this and are like now convinced that she is a prophet because this bug lands on her and just chooses to ignore her or doesn't bite her or anything. So now Mrs. Carmody is like established as uh being able to see into the future and knows that and is like convincing people that God is angry with them. Uh, and then to end this scene. Uh, Pap, what does Ollie got to do to save uh, Frank Castle's son? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so badass. I mean, like, Ollie almost cuts off, uh, what's his name, Normie's head earlier when he's swinging at the tentacles with this big axe. He's kind of a loose cannon with weapons, but yeah, (laughs) little little Billy's uh, about to get, I don't know, bugified, eaten by this, like, uh, Jurassic Park looking one at the last i think it's the last minute doesn't thomas jane yeah pull him away and ollie just like unloads into him i think two or three shots and they only have like 10 rounds so you're kind of like keeping track <laughs> in your own head and you waste a couple here saving the kid who they could have just sacrificed and ended all of this anyway but i don't know the thing that the thing that bothers me more mikey is like the, like the next plot point is like from this this point on thomas jane's like we got to get out of here and like again you have a gun. You have a good relationship with the people, the military officers in uniform. You have the store manager, and you're in a goddamn grocery store. There's no better place to be in a post-apocalyptic scenario than a grocery store. You stay and fight. You just just cap that bitch right then and there. 
Boom. Why do you keep mentioning the store manager? He has no power. <laughs> He's the manager. <laughs> He's an authority figure. All of the it's his jurisdiction, Josh. All of the- He's going to write names down. <laughs> He's taking names. The, this he is like the, the King's Landing of the co- coalition. They have the Master of Whisperers <laughs> and the Spy Master. They have everyone they need to run this grocery store for years. They're fine. Josh. She's a Karen. He's a manager. What more do you want? <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh. She's going to win the fight. This manager definitely a bootstrapper, man. He started out as a bag boy, went from bag boy to cashier, then went to produce. He went all the way to the top, oh, yeah. Josh. He knows every inch of this store. Do you know how many years he had to do night crew? <laughs> At least seven. That's a good Stephen King pun. <laughs> How many broken eggs he's cleaned up? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Thomas Jane, I think, spends just maybe just a little bit too much time beating the shit out of this pterodactyl. It's like, <laughs> going two minutes, <laughs> just whacking this pterodactyl on the ground. I think it's dead, but he's really going at it. And yeah, Ollie, cold as ice, aims down sights, presses R3, holds his breath, and takes a shot. Kills that pterodactyl monster and saves uh, little Billy or whatever his name is. Stevie, Joe is the guy that lit himself on fire, and he is in real bad shape. He's in the back of the store. <laughs> the fire extinguisher line is so good. <laughs> <laughs> you can also hear him in the background going, it hurts so bad! <laughs> it's straight Quentin Tarantino style. Like, <laughs> What's the plan to help Joe out now that he's in pretty rough shape? Well, I mean, why wouldn't you just kill him at this point? He wants it. Like, pretty cruel on his brother's part. To just hard to let, hard pretty, to let go. Not give him the gun. He's asking for it. Like pretty darn cruel, but like, is this where they're like, "Hey, gang, we've seen people get torn in half out there. Let's go venture to the pharmacy because plot." <laughs> like, is is that really what you're talking about? What, what kicks in motion? Yeah, they for some reason believe that. One bottle of penicillin and painkillers is going to save this guy. He is toasted. It's the dumbest thing in the world. If I'm lit on fire like any sane person, like, just shoot me. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to make a pact with you guys right now. Please kill me if that happens. <laughs> no. He's- we can save you. Come on. Joe is laying in a pile of dog food <laughs> on the <laughs> supermarket floor. I don't think he's going to get past his infection, but... If I'm in ma- in a main supermarket in a small hick ass town with 99% of my body covered in burns, just kill me, Mikey. Please. In that hyper specific situation. In that hyper specific situation. <laughs> if I'm in a Martin supermarket. What if we're in Vermont, Stevie? <laughs> Don't kill me. Go to Starbucks that are involved in many of their locations. <laughs> Jesus. Only in the very specific situation that we are in a Martin <laughs> and that you happen to light yourself on fire with a mom and bucket of gasoline. Do a shot every time we say Martins. Mikey, if I am ever on Mustafar and you have the high ground and I fall into lava, kill me. Do not let them. Do not let me turn into Vader, please. Yeah, so the plan is to go to the pharmacy. Hattie has had enough. This is a lady that's been like taking care of the kid. Uh, while Thomas Jane is playing superhero, she has had enough and commits suicide with sleeping pills or something. Thomas Jane is now like, we got to make a plan to escape because people are going to start sacrificing each other. And I don't believe in society. Uh, Mrs. Carmody has now like poisoned the well with these people. So we got to save Joe. And then I guess 
their plan is to leave him <laughs> while they make an escape after they get the medicine. Should have used him as bait. Just chuck him in there. <laughs> I mean, really? Like, he's not going to serve a purpose in this, like, in this, like, uh, dystopian land. I Can mean, you kill him first at least? You might as well just throw him out as bait. He is willing. He's to already off cooked. Himself. He's done. Yeah, kill <laughs> him, but don't like throw him in there alive so he can have an even worse death. Ah. But don't waste a bullet on him. Don't yeah, waste a bullet on him either. You gotta. Yeah, that bullet I didn't is say critical use a bullet. At the end. Put your put a freaking pillow over his face. Ah, that's a waste of a good pillow. You're not gonna. There's not a lot of beds. <laughs> that's how I used to kill burnt people. <laughs> You think they got pillows at the food and stuff in Maine? Put a bag, dog, a bag so. food on his face. <laughs> the same thing. Actually, if you mix dog food and tuna, it'll make a great suffocator. I'm just saying, you throw him outside alive, he's making noise, he's already cooked, you're distracting aliens. That's the best way to go. <laughs> yeah, so, like... Everybody in this group of normal, sane people have, like, agreed that society is shit besides Mrs. Dunfrey. She's, like, holding out what hope that they could stay at the supermarket and wait for help. But Thomas Jane is like, no, we can't do that. These people are going to start taking heads. Um, and now Mrs. Carmody is ranting and raving about the apocalypse. And then she gets a can of Progresso soup <laughs> thrown at her noggin <laughs> by the old lady. <laughs> Uh, after that, uh, it's pretty much established that there's two groups now. One believes in the wacky stuff. The other is now going to start venturing out on their own and looking for help. So that group leaves for the pharmacy. Brett. Yeah, I knew you, I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> I, I promise you I did not intend to choose a movie with spiders, but they were very dumb looking. I totally forgot about these monsters in this movie uh they almost had like jack skellington faces they were so dumb looking <laughs> very human-like teeth uh in some shots what would you rate the cgi effects for this if you uh, watched it did you i watched where? some of it uh it's pretty bad uh the thing with even fake spiders and movies if they show it from above or show it from below it has a lot more of an effect on me uh, there's a scene when later when the, the spider's on the car, you know, he's walking, mm. and you see it from the bottom. You know that I don't enjoy that very much. Plus, it's a lot of it's a movement, um, but it wasn't too bad. I mean, it's it's reminded me of my least favorite part of Halo Two. Um, <laughs> if anyone's played Halo Two, the the spider eggs that you had to shoot, yeah, I hated that. Oh yeah, but yeah, I don't know. The little ones are were creepier probably because you know. A, that's like my worst. I know, add it to a list of things that I've said are my worst nightmare, but that's like my worst <laughs> nightmare. Um, yeah, I don't know, four maybe. It, it wasn't that good. They looked yeah. ridiculous. They looked ridiculous. I don't think the design of these monsters is very good in the CGI. I don't really think holds up, but they do like mix in some practical stuff, and I gotta appreciate that. Uh, but while they're in the pharmacy, they realize that somebody left the doors wide open, so the the mist has now entered the pharmacy. And as far as we can tell, the mist allows these monsters to walk freely. Um, they're not afraid to go anywhere where there isn't mist. Uh, and it also makes it easier for them to like grab you, sneak up on you and stuff. And when we get in there, they're scavenging for all these pills and stuff. Uh, Josh... I love me a good old government conspiracy 
what does this military police Ugh. guy Ugh. admit to, and what happens to him? I hated that part in the pharmacy. <laughs> well, first of all, I'll just say that Brett was referring to the flood in the Halo series. They're like, uh, they come in eight things and they explode Little, and they just yeah. keep multiplying. They're terrible. Oh yeah, but yeah, basically when they see all these spider webs. There's like people hanging from them, and one of them is partially alive, and he has on a military uniform, and he keeps like saying, "Sorry, it's our fault, it's our fault," or something. And I didn't, I'm not very smart. I didn't really put together until a little later in the movie when he like just flat out says what he is talking about. But I guess he's admitting guilt, like as a soldier. They knew stuff was kind of screwy. They were dealing with things they shouldn't be dealing with. And I think we this is like the biggest kind of explainer of what the phenomenon is, right? It's like they were messing with a, quote, window to another reality, and the window turned into a door. <laughs> it is very reminiscent of the plot to Doom. Uh, <laughs> just like opening up a portal to like hell or something and then having all that shit spill into our world and i don't know i just thought it was really interesting uh because it just made me think like is stephen king really a sci-fi guy at heart because it seems like all of his stuff just goes back to like aliens or something something related to aliens in some way like it and i know dreamweavers like those guys are aliens and like well, third act of that movie or whatever. i think the dark uh tower is a lot of sci-fi uh i think he does a lot he does a lot of religious stuff too um and i don't mean just carry like the stand is a lot very religious religious stuff explained through yes he does the same thing in the book revival i mean that's pretty much religion and sci-fi married together. Like he does those two pretty well. Yes, it's basically like sci-fi plus Lord of the Flies plus Martin Supermodel, <laughs> <laughs> the best grocery store around. <laughs> uh, we also find out here that some of these spiders have acid webs. Uh, they <laughs> nail a guy in the leg, <laughs> and his leg starts melting immediately. Jordan, uh, does he make it? Oh. Acid web leg guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I cannot remember if that dude makes it. Um, I, he does not. He, he does. <laughs> like My bad. I loved how the old lady like knew exactly where all the drugs were in the drugstore. Like, she had obviously <laughs> snuck some pills before. Um, yeah, and when that one dude explodes with all the little tiny spiders is pretty great. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I like the uh, the action scene that the old lady gets. Kind of, where like. A spider comes down right in front of her and you think it's going to get her and she's like, not on my watch or whatever. And she pulls out like a can of bug spray and then lights it like with a lighter and it <laughs> mm-hmm. flames it down. That's when I was like, Pappy's right. They have everything they need in this grocery store. They should have shown her pocketing all the Adderall and passing it out later. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they keep the Percocets. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting lit tonight. <laughs> Corey, uh, Josh answered a little bit of my question for you. Uh, the government conspiracy plot device. I love that stuff in movies. Project Arrowhead. What happens to the vampire soldier guy? What What does the mob do with him? 
after Oof. the group gets back and they tell everybody what happened at the pharmacy. <laughs> Vampire <Well>. soldier. <laughs> Dude, he's scary looking. Look at this man. He's if I was gonna guess that there weren't any monsters in this movie, it would be this guy. This guy is scary yeah. looking. He's definitely weird looking. Well he has angry eyebrows, so that's a bad sign. That's villainous right there. But when they when the uh, mob finds out that the military was involved with this whole event unfolding, you can tell they're going to do something to this guy. They kind of like corner him. They make him like get on his knees. They like, they berate him for a little while. And it turns out Frank Castle was right. They're, they're going on to human sacrifices. Ain't his fault. No, no, no. no. Ain't nothing ever anybody's fault fault but he denies it he points the finger this judas in our midst you you don't you know by now don't you know the truth we are being punished for what for going against the will of God for going against his forbidden rules of old. Walking on the moon. Yes. Yes. Or, or splitting his atoms. Or, 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 or stem cells and abortions. And destroying the secrets of life that only God above has any right to. Yes, I know. First they stab him. They, they attack him, they stab him, and then they start dragging him outside. They're going to, like, sacrifice him to the beasts, and I guess they feel like that will appease them for a while, for the time being, I guess. I mean, they pretty quickly move on to wanting to sacrifice the kid, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, uh, I guess a sacrifice is only good for ten hours or something because they <laughs> quickly turn on Frank Castle and his kid, and he's he's next up. But I love Mrs. Carmody's uh, speech here while they're dragging him out like we should have never split the atom so much yeah just all uh, obviously scientific discoveries that we've accomplished as the human race and she's like no we should have never done any of that stuff <laughs> uh, and I mean this is the thing about this movie is like, <laughs> is she right in some ways? Like, could you see how people would believe that this is some sort of religious experience? There's literally a Cloverfield monster out there. Ah, GMOs! GMOs! <laughs> been right about I think stuff. I think you'll believe just about anything in that situation. I mean, kind of like the earlier where the guys were looking for something to solve, I think towards the end, they're looking for some ex- explanation why. Yeah, so, I mean, whether you should go on to sacrifice people almost immediately is <laughs> no. one thing, but... That's definitely Old Testament stuff. That's, uh... That is not what Jesus would do. Yeah. No. He would drop deuces, apparently. All right, now Acts <laughs> 3. Josh, uh, for everybody who's not trying to make the supermarket great again, uh, what, what, what's their plan? <laughs> what are they trying to do? People that are or are not. <laughs> Are not. They're trying to escape. What everybody Supermarket was never okay, great. So there's like a group of like <laughs> seven or eight people, and like one of the hicks or the bushwhackers, as I call them in my brain, he enters like the <laughs> cult, and the other one grabs a wrench Ugh. and he grabs the good guys. But there's like eight of them, and they're basically like, we're going to grab the food, then we're going to go to my truck, which isn't as far away as that other guy's 
truck who got cut in half earlier. <laughs> We're going to get in my truck with a shit ton of lights in it and drive away. And it, it's basically it. They're like, we are done with this bottle episode and we're going to bust out of here. <laughs> kind of what it is. Like they're, they see the writing on the wall. There's like, you know, 30, 35 people there and 20 of them are under this like crazy cult leader spell at this point. And she's like, don't drink dairy. And they're like, hell, <laughs> hell, King Cayman. <laughs> And so they're like, we got to get out of here. We hid the groceries, and so we're going to get out of here. But yeah, she's she's waiting for him. She's now uh, said that she wants the kid as the next sacrifice. And now <laughs> Ollie sees what's happening, and you know he keeps that motherfucking thing on him at all times. So <laughs> he assesses the situation, does an ocular pat down on Mrs. Carmody, and double taps her uh, once in the head and once in the belly. And the group of non-weirdos runs out into the parking lot and tries to get to the car. Ollie doesn't end up making it. He gets eaten by the Cloverfield monster. He gets ripped in half and drops a gun on the hood of the car. Brett, who makes it into the truck? (laughs) Okay, so you got little little Billy, which I'm going to call him that now because that's hilarious. Uh, Thomas Jane. Brent's, Brent's son. Brent's son. No, I'm not going to. I don't believe in that conspiracy. Um, the woman. Uh, what's her face? Car? No. Andrea from The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah the, the lady from one of the many people from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, the old lady in the back, the teacher. And then uh, the guy who, I don't know. I, I like him. I like him in the movies he's in, but he's just the older guy who doesn't really believe in humanity. So yeah. five people at all, they get into, when he kept talking about his Land Rover, I, don't, I forgot what it looked like. I'm like, oh, it's probably really nice. And then it goes out there and it's like a piece of crap. So Josh also made a point of like, well, early in the movie, we established that light attracts these bugs. And Josh made a point of like, this guy's truck is specifically covered in way more floodlights than a normal truck ever is. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got like a Jurassic Park Jeep out there uh, that he wants to drive around in. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting decision. Uh, but yeah, these poor suckers that are left to ride around in the car in like complete zero uh, zero visibility are just driving around aimlessly. Um, Pap they try to make it back to Thomas Jane's house. What do they find when they get there? Thomas Jane's like, oh yeah, I have a wife. I haven't thought about her in the last two hours of this movie. I better go check on her. And she's wrapped up and dead. Uh, it, it was kind of a cool callback because, you know, the the inciting incident was the storm. And I don't know, is it specific? I guess maybe it's a Stevie question. Does the storm cause like the meltdown at arrowhead or did the arrowhead meltdown cause the storm like what came Chicken first or the egg mm. so you're talking about like this just the normal storm in the beginning yeah 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 are they related at all like because that's what ends up fucking his family is that it like blows in the window and then the fo- the mist rolls in and they're all screwed if i remember correctly storm comes first then the mist but like the mist is like vaguely kind of talked about with arrowhead it's not like expanded upon like it is in the movie. It's more of just a happening. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. And so at this point now, like his family's dead. The woman, uh, they, they, they've like specifically said she has no family. The other, the two in the back are olds. So it doesn't really matter what happens to them. They're like, all right, we're going to drive <laughs> south for as long as this tank of gas will take us and then figure it out from there. Because they're in Maine. They only have one way to go is south. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, I mean, is going to be a problem 30 seconds from now because that is the only – they can't go the opposite way. Uh, or at least they're not planning to go the opposite way, which would have really helped them. Who wants to die in Canada, though? I was just going to say, if they would have driven north to Canada, this movie would have been called Canadian Mist. <gasps> oh. Oh. Nice. Opportunity Mist. <laughs> Opportunity Mist. No, Canadian Mist. That's enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, he, they end up running out of gas, and they spend about 30 seconds mulling it over before they're all like, we should just commit suicide. And uh, uh, they only have four bullets, and I guarantee you I could make this work with four bullets. Uh, you put two people's heads together, and you shoot right, right through both oh, of them. Oh, God. But, Jeez. dude, I'm not going to... If I'm in that situation, you start to get inventive. I'm not going to pop everybody before. Depends on what kind of bullet. It's not a very strong gun. What's the rush, though? Like, why is he in such a hurry? I know. That's the thing. I agree. Yeah. It's not earned. Uh, Well, this is uh, different from the novella, I guess. Way different. (laughs) Tell me. How is it different? I guess in the novella, they just get a call about something in Hartford. There's hope in Hartford or something, and then they end up Yeah, they there. just drive there, and it's over. It's so much better. He just, like, tucks his kid in at the end. <laughs> like, all, all, he thinks he hears two words on the radio, which is hope in Hartford. Then he just, like, tucks his kid in for the night, and that's that. It's like the same ending as Cell. Yeah, he doesn't put a, a, br- a bullet in his brain. Like, in this ending, it's cool, it's different, it's just not earned at all. Like, throughout this movie... Thomas Jane does not give a fuck about his kid. No. Like, he's <laughs> taking care of everybody but his son. It's really strange. I don't know about all that. What don't you know, They Brett? make a point to have some pretty touching scenes between the two. Such as what? He says, well, promise a- me the- you'll never yeah. let the monsters yeah. get me. <laughs> and with a tear rolling down his cheek, he says, I promise, son. I, I promise I'll kill you <laughs> Terrible that. promise. Yeah. Promise and your dead. fucking life. Promise <laughs> oh my me. god. And I mean, if you're gonna do that ending, like, don't do the Darth Vader ending. Like, just cut it, like, with the bullets going off in the car, then go to black. I'm not saying it wasn't earned. I just, I take issue with you saying that he doesn't care about his kid during the movie. No, but he seems like... He doesn't care about his wife, but he cares about the kid. Well, that's fine if he cares about the kid, but, like... If monsters came out of a mist and I'm in a supermarket, I would never let go of my son. Like, my son yeah. would never be out of arm's reach of me. He shot his son with his eyes open. This, his son was <laughs> looking at his father when he shot him in the face. That's the last thing his son saw on this earth. He couldn't wait five more minutes for his kid to go back to sleep. What the fuck? <laughs> Could they not have tried to, like, walk or hike a little bit? Like, what was so terrible? Like, the alien deaths were pretty quick too just i'd stay in the car like and just hope that someone's coming to save you i'd stay in the car for 10 more minutes it's 10 more minutes see what happens 10 out <laughs> 10 hours man 10 more minutes the, the, the bugs aren't crawling all over you they're you're in no hurry like put a sock in the muffler 
and die of carbon monoxide yeah. or something. That's a good good idea. Definitely. Way well, smart. will the car start though? Well, I'll have some foresight. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess if you get in the muffler. Here's my note. One of my biggest notes. Has anyone anyone on the pod seen the movie Jerry by Gus Van Sant? Yes. Oh my God, Josh. I cannot. Okay. Me and my family watched that movie at. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. I was probably like in tenth grade or something, and we were all like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Because they're just walking for literally ninety minutes, and you're like, "What is this?" They're just walking through the desert. Gus Van Sant has made some trash movies. <laughs> he is so up his own ass sometimes. Do you see so the connection stupid. to this movie, though, Corey, Mikey? Where it's just like and ends up being dreadful because he dies in the end. Well, like the unnecessary death at the end when like, oh, we could have been saved if we waited 10 more minutes. Yeah. If you if you want to. Can we do a spoiler alert, Pappy, on this pod? I don't know how faux pod it is, but just go. I'm going to spoil it, yeah. Jerry from 2000, Jerry. Okay. 2003. Jerry going to spoil it at the end. I believe Matt Damon just chokes Casey Affleck, his friend, out Matt to, Damon. to spare him from, like, the perils of dying in the desert. And, like, two seconds after that, like, a car goes by because they're, like, 20 yards from a highway. No, I think he does it because he's mad at him. Okay, let's not get into the art of it. Because he got him lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this right. I'm so thirsty because of you, Casey. Fuck you. But it's kind of like this, like... Our main character has to off his child and three other people he's grown close to. And, like, the rest of the movie is just him basically screaming in agony because <laughs> he's saved by the military, like the end of Shaun of the Dead, and everything's cool now, but he just murdered everyone he <laughs> loves. Dude, clean slate, man. Did you like this ending, Josh? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, would you have liked it more if uh, Thomas Jane also ends up dead somehow in the end? I think you just have to leave it ambiguous. Honestly, if you're going to go this route, I think it's. I mean, because they only show like they. It's pretty much said like you know, there's what four. Uh, there's five of us. There's only four bullets or whatever. Like, I think it's better left to. The, kind of the imagination of the audience if you never see who leaves that car. Like, if you want to show mm-hmm. the military, cool, but I think it's much more effective if you never show who leaves the car. Like, maybe he spared Billy instead of himself or whatever? Maybe, maybe. yeah, he spared Billy, you know, maybe someone in the car wrestled it away from him. Like, not showing that, I think, is way better. Exterior shot of the car, four flashes, Fade to black, end movie. That's all you need. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. that's all you need. You don't need to show who survives. I I hate that Darth Vader fall to knees. No, <laughs> <laughs> like that that stuff drives me nuts. And Thomas Jane's probably a really nice guy. I don't know him, but I don't think he can really has. I don't think he has the acting skill to pull out, pull off a drop to knee. No, that doesn't really work. Like, does it? No, he's a it's stud. Just, I'll stand up for him. It, it just falls super flat and. Way more effective if you see the flashes going off in the car and you never see who exits the vehicle. I like it. I think it's good. But let's be honest, though. Brent and I were talking about it. He's, whether it's 10 minutes later, a week later, or a month later, Thomas Jane is going to kill himself. Yes. 
So mm. he might as well just have had five bullets. I mean, he's going to kill himself. No. His life is no. over. Let's bring another uh, Casey Affleck reference in. He's going to just Manchester by the sea it and just walk around with his hands in his pocket for a couple decades. Being super I fucking still want to I want to watch that movie. <laughs> I want to watch that movie, so don't spoil it. But I heard it's brutally sad, so. It's a black comedy. Dude, after all that, you can't kill yourself. Uh, that would just leave every, uh, that would just make everything that happened in the truck a waste. Uh, Weren't they I by water when they, yeah. when they when they died of uh gas when they the car died, were they were they by water? They were just like in the middle of a forest in the ro- on a road. I thought I saw water. I'm like, just take the kid out, drown him. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Don't yeah. throw the bird victim as bait, but drown the child. <laughs> Kill him with your bare hands. Good, good Take idea. The bag of dog That's a good idea. Smother him. <laughs> no, no, what you do, you have the two old people fight each other to death. That way you have enough bullets for you, <laughs> the girl, and your son. <laughs> you do the Joker move, you throw like a spear <laughs> yeah. and you say, tryouts. <laughs> I'm gonna get my last zinger because I my thing stopped. Oh, you need to stop? No, you got you ahead. I, I just I know I'm ruining it. I just You're good. I don't know when I don't know when it went off, and I I hope that my drowning the kid thing made it. <laughs> we got it on the, we got oh, yeah. it on the hijack. It's preserved forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's not another point. We're keeping that. Mikey, can I ask Brother Jordan a question in this meantime? Go for it. Oh, okay. Boy. If I was wh- whatever his name is, like Joe Eagleton, and you and you were my brother, would you try to go over to that pharmaceuticals and get me some stuff, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we already established that if any of us are in a Martin's after we've been lit on fire, <laughs> we're gonna let themselves. <laughs> we're gonna let let them off themselves. So you're gonna give me the gun? <laughs> yeah, that was our pact. Spoilers packed. You know what? And before we roll credits on this movie, I just want to say, God bless Martin Supermarkets. You know, they're such such a great establishment in our local area. Count on us. I'll go check them out. But uh, yeah, that's the end of the movie. The army shows up, and it's all really heartbreaking for Thomas Jane. He only had to wait probably 15 seconds. Uh, So we'll just go... Like, we to east again. Final thoughts on the movie. Corey? Uh, yeah, this is Corey. I'm going to give The Mist a yes. This was my first time seeing it. I'm glad you picked it. Thank you, Mikey. First time, huh? Yeah, first time. It, it is rather long, but I'm cool with that. It's also a... It, it reminds me of things that I've seen that came out after it. So, like, it reminds me a lot of The Walking Dead. No surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of the cast of The Walking Dead, and it has, well, the director was the showrunner of The Walking Dead for a while. It reminds me of Bird Box. That's probably been referenced a lot around the time Bird Box came mm. out. <laughs> I saw that before this, obviously. But uh, despite those things, I think it's a pretty interesting and cool story. Even if it's something that's been done before, like, that's fine. I like the story. I like the way they execute it. Uh, I think Thomas Jane is probably the most compelling I've ever seen him in this movie. I haven't seen a lot of his movies though, to be fair, except for that shitty Punisher movie. Watch Money Plane. I do like the ending. 
So that's probably like the big point that's different from, I guess, everyone else here. Uh, the fact that it ends the way it is, it, that's the kind of shit I like in a movie. Not that like I'm happy that things went bad for them, but like it gets like the, uh, I don't know, adrenaline flowing, I guess, for me. Like it, it moved me emotionally to see like, oh my God, he killed them and then everyone just fucking shows up and the mist clears like right then. It's mm -hmm. like a huge oof moment <laughs> but in an emotional kind of way uh so yeah it's a yes for me it's cool i liked it not the greatest movie in the world obviously but i mean it's 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 good pap big oof i just murdered my family oof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i this is a very very soft no for me and it's really almost squarely on the shoulders of how much of a sour taste the ending leaves in my mouth i mean like the logic of that moment is just so flawed and it's the last thing excuse me it's the last thing that the movie leaves you with i can't i don't know there's, there's a lot of cool things in this movie i think sometimes like the symbolism is a little bit on the nose and like the uh representation of like the religious aspect is a little bit like character caricature-ish um but i don't know like i love like the concept i love like the monsters like we didn't even talk about those big ass like creatures at the end who are like ginormous like walking around like i love all that shit but like man that ending is just so fucking stupid like there's so we we are not anywhere near like professional hollywood writers and we probably like stevie's pitch was like better and we thought of that in like two fucking seconds like and when uh the director was going around like trying to pitch this movie paramount wanted to give him like 38 dollars 38 million dollars to make this but they he had to change the ending and he refused to do it so like everyone around him like was trying to tell him to change this ending and he still didn't fucking listen stupid fucking ending not a stupid fucking movie but it ruined the movie for me so a very soft no but shout out to uh jokey right who suggested mm -hmm. this mikey perfect perfect spoilers suggestion Indeed. we get a lot of dumbass suggestions for movies to spoil like could you spoil the godfather it's like no we're not gonna spoil no. the godfather this this is a perfect movie that we're trying to spoil great job Chokey. great pick mikey the person but, that suggested that is listening and is just like all right fuck these guys i'm never gonna <laughs> <them again." laughs> he already turned it they off they were my favorite <laughs> but this is a soft no like i said soft no all right uh who's next uh stevie Okay, I hate that I do this to myself, but if I had just watched the movie, this would be such a 50-50 of like, is this just a soft no, soft yes? It's like in between because a lot of things in this movie aren't earned. Like just the writing and the themes of it and the dramatic arguments like are all over the place. Plus there's some clunky editing. Like that scene where the bag boy gets dragged out underneath that door they did need it did not need to like play out the way it did like you could have edited that just by a quick cut of having the hick having a surprise look on his face then you could have quick cut to having his chest ripped open and left it at that like it was very dragged out it, it, it was kind of shocking actually but then i went and watched the entire behind the scenes of this movie and it is so cool to watch that shit like they had two cameras running at all times for every scene Frank Darabont pretty much spliced together two movies um, into one co somewhat coherent story. Uh, they shot this movie in 36 days, and it's just so cool to watch that stuff and how they do it. Uh, so I will give this a solid yes. Ba based off the movie magic of it all, 
it's just fun to watch. Um, as far as the ending goes, God, I hate him falling to the ground <laughs> screaming no. It just rings of Revenge of the Sith for me. I just I hate that. It, it's just a nightmare of an ending. To, to eat. It's so cliche. Like, just end it with the gun going off and that's it. But other than that, solid yes. Love the pick, Mikey. Awesome choice. Cool. Josh? Yeah, this is... Uh basically like a lord of the flies story in a 2020 supermarket everyone's trying to get toilet paper and it's really frightening for that reason like us surviving the pandemic in this year it's felt a little too close to this um (laughs) i i feel like one critique i would add that we didn't really talk about during the episode is that sometimes the camera work goes into this like the office mode where it's mm-hmm. kind of like pushing in changing focus and <laughs> i myself work in documentary filmmaking and i think that sort of storytelling is fine for that and like the office it's supposed to be coy because it's like these people are saying something this awkward in front of an actual human behind this camera but for this movie when it's just like you see someone torn apart outside of the supermarket in the mist and then it's just showing people's reactions, being super sad with this, the <laughs> office, like, zoom-ins. Doesn't really make sense. Like, we don't need to be, like, drawn, like, our attention doesn't need to be drawn to the camera movements at that point. I just felt like I, that's one thing I would have changed. Um, obviously, I think Martin's Supermarket has the best chocolate <laughs> ice cream probably <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> And then in closing, I think that Stephen King stories, ultimately, Stevie, like we've talked about, things just happen. But like, there's just enough there, like just enough of folklore, just enough of like the locality and character development that like, even with (laughs) the ending being as tragic as it was, like this one's going to stick with me and I got to give it a yes. Soft yes. Three yeses, one no. Jordan. Uh, so I think this one, it really depends on how you go in, like looking at this movie as a, as a spooky horror film, this is a, a solid no dog, but as a comedy, I think this movie is great. <laughs> I, <laughs> I laugh so much. Um, <laughs> and I think I kind of gave it up early. It, it does get a little bit long and boring in the middle, but there are some really, really funny parts. Plus, I know I knew Josh was going to be a yes when uh, there's that painting of a Clint Eastwood-looking figure in the beginning. I was like, oh, this is a Western. Of course I'm in. The gunslinger. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's a, a flaccid yes, I think is what that evens out to. Um, glad I oh! watched it. I, I probably won't come back to it, wow. but I think Jordan gave it a yes. <laughs> good, good work on the Martins account today, boys. Uh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Brett. Uh, yeah, I'm. Prob- this is pretty much a solid. I'd say a solid yes for me too. Maybe, maybe in between a soft and a solid. Uh, maybe like a diarrhea. I don't know, something like that. Um, yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Um, the spiders weren't my favorite, but they look ridiculous. Um, I'm kind of with Corey. I, I didn't mind the ending. And actually one of the reasons I didn't watch this movie is because I knew the ending. Um, I, that's literally the only part of the movie I knew is that 
he killed this kid, and they were saved right afterwards. I, that was the big twist. How? How did you possibly know that? <laughs> I don't it's know. Someone, list. someone told me about it yeah, back in the 2000s. So the not. I think it was the 2000s. Everyone's trying to do like twists and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I I hate. Oh my god, I I don't even like making jokes about the 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 lady because I hated her so much. Um, that's like the most satisfying shot to the brain I've ever seen. Um, I don't need to say much more. I, I, it wasn't scary at all. Um, couple jump scares, but no, I, but I enjoyed it. That's not Stephen King's best adaptation by far. And it's not Frank Darabont's best Stephen King adaptation by far. So, but it's, I enjoyed it. Cool. That's. Uh, I'm gonna give it a yes. That's gonna leave us with six yeses and one no from Pat. Got like a big ba- bag of dog food. That's kind of the, f- the food. <laughs> Better than Just that. An exploded bag of dog dog food. <laughs> what? Uh, six yeses is dog food? Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, let me give my final thoughts first. Uh, I do think it's a good movie. I think it's fun and. Like Jordan said, there is some comedic parts. Uh, it's a lot of funny stuff happening uh, when these people die. But yeah, the CGI is not great. That's kind of a downer. Uh, I think if it was better, I would like this movie a lot more. Uh, maybe give the monsters a different design. I think they're pretty goofy looking. Um, and it's just too long. Uh, I feel like maybe if you cut it down to 90 minutes, maybe 100 minutes... It'd be a really good experience, a really tight-knit experience. Uh, and it just would keep the action going uh, at a faster pace than what we get here because there's a lot of just standing around, talking, deliberating with Mrs. Carmody and all that stuff. Uh, maybe I would like more backstory into the government facility that started this whole thing. Uh, but when it comes to the ending... It's not for everybody. Uh, I saw a lot of similarities with uh, Stevie with Last of Us 2, how it's just adding, compounding more dread onto an already terrible situation and that it just is never kind of stopping. It's always kind of in your face, relentless dread. Uh, so that is that is kind of like the main problem I had with that game is that it just was maybe too much in the end. I think I would have been fine with this the ending that we came up with, uh, the ambiguous ending, but I think, yeah, I think that would probably be my biggest gripe with it is I just think Thomas Jane kind of dropped the ball on that scene. It's not very, it's not even a very good crying scream scene. Uh, I don't know. He seems kind of awkward in that moment <laughs> and then he's just kind of though the other thing is like the the army guys are just like hanging around be like oh what happened in this truck as they're walking by <laughs> just kind of not concerned at all looks I mean, like everybody killed themselves one by one but this guy <laughs> so I think the ending is just the worst part of about this movie but it's only like 30 seconds of the movie uh, so I'll I give got- it what was that? No, I thought you were done with your yesterday. No, I'm so sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I'm done now, if you wanted to say something. Did you give it a yes or no? Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a, uh, a yes. So that's six yeses and one no. And that's 
Mm, that's one fresh uh, grocery bag guy ready to get <laughs> chunks taken out of him. At Martin's. My anti-monster. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's preserved fresh. I think we'll take a break right now. We'll toss the spoiler man, and then we'll come back and play trivia. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll take another break because I screwed that up. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we usually take a break after trivia, but I got to take a pee break right now. So Same. Take it away, spoiler man. Spoiler man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. And we're back. Pat, you got something you want to say? Yeah, before we do trivia, quick spoilers housekeeping note. I, I teased this on a couple episodes, but pretty much like 99.9% sure that starting like the first of next year, most of the old spoilers got to go in the spoilers vault. We're going to launch a Patreon. Like part of that will be like you can probably get your name read by a smaller man on the end of the episode. We're talking about spoiling a very uh popular animated series and that would go behind the patreon wall as well as like requests for part of that so if you want to listen to the old spoilers and you don't want to pay now is your time we, we joke a lot about sponsors but we we literally did and a couple of people who checked the email this morning can attest to this we really have been emailing back and forth with a, a what would you call them like a a men's hygiene product company. I don't a know men's grooming as, product company. As part of a sponsorship, but I literally said I don't want to have a sponsorship unless you give us free stuff and we can try it first to let our audience know if it's good. So <laughs> we're shielding you from shitty products. If the Patreon comes, it would mean a lot if you could donate. If you have any cool ideas for the Patreon, let us know. Spoiler Man just told you how, and we'll try and incorporate that. But thanks, Mikey. Back to you. All right. Uh, well... Pap was so gracious to give me the trivia order. He didn't want to embarrass himself live on air. I'm a merciful God. Me. Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> he gave it to me before uh, the show started. And I believe it is Stevie, Corey, Pappy, Josh, Brett. Am I getting that right? And then Duff. Jordan? Yeah. Hey, Okay. Brother. Jordan's last movie he hosted was Return to Paradise, a true spooky spoilers pick. Ooh, a year Ooh. ago! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to play Spoilers Golf, a game which I invented, Ugh. Josh. What? <laughs> I invented. Uh, there's going to be three rounds. Each round is going to be a closest two questions. Scoring negative one for first place. Second place, zero. Third place, plus one. Everybody after that, plus two. And you can get an eagle if you're within the preset zone for each question. I'm going to tell you guys. Uh, or, or you can, uh, yeah, get an eagle if you are within the zone for each question. Uh, if you get the answer right on the money, you get a hole in one and game is over. Uh, in the event of a tie, please don't tie. Uh, it's just going to come down to closest to a number I'm thinking of between one and a hundred. <laughs> oh, shit. So we'll start with Stevie here. Stevie, question one. Silent Hill is a video game franchise known to have taken inspiration from the Myst movie. How many copies from the entire Silent Hill franchise has been sold? There are 13 oh, games total. Oh, no. 13? 13 mm. games. 13 games Sil on Wikipedia. I don't know if there's possibly more. Dude, Silent Hill is awesome. Um... Man, we almost got a PT. Think about that, Mikey. I'm going to say 13. I'm going to say 11 millions copies. 
And the preset range is within 50k for the eagle. Okay. All right, next, Corey. 500 million. Whoa! Hey, hey, hey. Kyle, if you're good, just, why don't you just recuse yourself rather than taking a dive? I don't understand. It's the right answer. <laughs> Half a billion. Pap. Um, 32... Million five hundred thousand <laughs> four hundred and twenty. <laughs> nice, Josh. How many games are there? Thirteen. What did what was Stevie's answer? Eleven. Ugh. Oh, geez, that's pretty. I, I'll say ten mil. <sighs> Brett. Dang. Um. I'll go right in the middle of the. Uh, I'll go twenty million five hundred thousand. Twenty point five million. Jordan, I'll go twenty point six million. Who you? Mm. <laughs> All right. The answer is nine million. Nobody got the eagle, but oh. Josh is the closest. Very good guess, Josh. Thank you. All right, You're I'll take it. One he million. went off me! Suck on that, <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> Let me calculate the totals real quick. Damn boop, 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 boop. Josh, you got negative one. Stevie, goose egg. Let's go. Uh, Corey, you're dead last. Plus two, but <laughs> it's fine because it's plus two for everybody in the house. Um, what? What? Uh, Brett, plus one. Okay. Uh, yeah, and ja, or, uh, Pat, plus two. Jordan, plus two. Question two. What was the worldwide gross for Thomas Jane's 2004 movie, The Punisher? Eagle range within 10K. Stevie, you're up. Ah, <sighs> uh, The Punisher. Worldwide? Yes. I'm going to say worldwide, The Punisher made uh, $155 million. Corey? $200 million. Pap? Um, $220 million. Josh? Hundred and ninety million, Mikey. Brett. What was the one fifty was the lowest? One fifty five. Oh man. Uh hundred and fifty four million. <laughs> Jordan. hundred and fifty million. Ooh. Love it. The cojones on these boys. I was gonna guess like ninety, but Stevie setting the pace. The worldwide, you all. <laughs> the worldwide gross for The Punisher was fifty-four million seven hundred thousand. Oh, my my no original guess was gonna be like seventy-two, <laughs> and then I was going like thinking ninety, and you guys got me all jacked up. Uh, I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> Jordan is the winner that round with negative one. Let's go. Uh, me. Brett, who gets a zero. 
Then Stevie plus one. I'll take it. Everybody else plus two. Oh! Mm. Three people get plus two? Yeah, because if I keep increasing, it's just way out of hand, and then you're out of the game pretty quick. All right, last it's his question. game, Josh. Well, can you I invented it, Josh. Yeah, what is the I score? created it. I have plus one. That's all I all know. Right, hold on. Stevie, right now, total plus one. Corey, Let's go. Plus four. Who? Pap, plus four. All right. <laughs> Josh, uh, plus one. Brett, plus one. Jordan, plus one. Let's go. All right. Nobody's out of it yet. You can still guess right on the money and win instantly. So keep that True. in mind. Make mm. your next guess good. Question three. How many episodes of The Walking Dead has Frank Darabont written, according to IMDb? <sighs> Jeez. That's the oh. Does he still do it? No. Corey said he left. A, he left a while ago. Huge, right? Right. I'm pretty sure I know when he left, which might give me an advantage here. When was it, Corey? Okay. How many ones did he... like? He has a writing credit on? Like, actual writing credits? He was, credit? like, the writer and showrunner, but I'm just looking at his writing credits from IMDb. Okay, writing credits, uh, I'll say 58. Corey? 32. Pap. Brett's Dude, cheating! Get out here, Brett. I'm not together. asking for... I, I'm not asking for answers. Mm. I'm getting... A, I, I'm getting... <laughs> That's a lot of stutters. I'm going to guess 24 episodes, and I don't have anyone else in the room here with me. <laughs> Tell me that. Uh, Josh? What was Stevie's answer? Or, no, Corey's answer. F- Corey's answer. I said 32. <sighs> 27. So what, we have 33, 27, 55, and something else? 24. 58, 32, 24, 27. What's Jordan's score? Plus one. Plus one. What's the eagle zone? Three episodes. Oh. Ah. I'll say 42. Hmm. Forty-two. I'm gonna say twenty-two. <gasps> All right, hold on. Wow. Oh no. <laughs> okay, Frank Darabont, writer for The Walking Dead. According to IMDb, he has only written three episodes. Let's oh, fucking man. go. Jordan. 2010 to 2011. Let's go. <laughs> the That's return. Awesome. Oh, Lost to Paradise 2. Oh, my God. Oh, All right, man. That gives Jordan a total of zero. He won that round. Um, I mean, is that pretty much it? No, Jordan? Jordan's the Jordan, Jordan won. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Jordan won. 
Ooh. Great job, Jordan. It's been a uh, while. You've dominated uh, <laughs> once again at every sport that you've uh, participated in. <laughs> Truly the best athlete out of all of us here. Uh, do you want me to take a break and toss it back to you? Uh, or do you know what movie you have? A quick up? break, if that's okay. All right. Spoiler man, please take it away one more time. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Welcome back. Jordan, what do you got for us? All right. I don't know where I got this movie suggestion from, but it was in my iPhone notes from some time ago. And our next <laughs> movie is going to be Spooky again. It's going to be the movie Stigmata from 1999. Definitely not going to be able to watch it. Never never seen it, so uh, it should be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that in your... I don't know. It was in my notes. Brittany's not, Brittany's not going to let that movie in the house. Interesting. All right. Well... Stigmata. I, get ready for Stigmata <laughs> next week. <laughs> Gabriel Byrne returns. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode of The Mist. We'll, we're all waiting in excitement for next week with Jordan's hosting Stigmata. Oh, God. That what was have I done? Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> I could use that product. Yeah, Mark Bernardin was promoting it on one of the recent episodes of Fat Man Beyond. They emailed us asking for like plays and demographics, and we emailed them back. And then he said, "Well, it's like a you give a like we would have a referral code or something." And I said, "Well, I yeah, I don't want to do it without having a sample." And he said, "Well, give us your T-shirt size and underwear size." So if any of you guys have any Manscaped swag to try it out, I don't really think I'm gonna uh do it, <laughs> but. Gotta do yeah, wave's fine. Jordan, are you on? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah why don't you do it? You're not gonna get free fucking, like, armpit No, I'll take that shit for spray. sure. I was just asking if anybody else wanted some. I'll take that shit for sure. I, I probably said we probably won't add them as a sponsor. Oh, yeah, I want some. Like it. You think yeah. it's free? I'll take some. Okay, yeah, I'll order it and I'll Large, tell you guys what I get. <laughs> Large. I think we should get it. Try it out. And if we vote on that it's good enough to vouch for majority rules, we should at least... Do we get a lawnmower, Pap? Do we get a lawnmower? That's what I'm going to send you a t-shirt, not the pube trimmers. Yeah, we're not going to get lawnmowers? I don't know. I I didn't respond to his last email. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can only email someone twice in a day. I mean, even if if it's just a 2.0, Pap. They'll give one to Kevin Smith, but not us. Yeah, I'll see Why I settle get. for Manscaped when Martin Supermarkets is on the horizon, boys? <laughs> Corey, we might get you some shipped yeah. chocolate ice cream. Corey, yeah. you have not lived till you had their fried chicken. It's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm going to have to travel to Indiana at some point, at least for that. For the cuisine. Specifically northern Indiana. Tour of Amish <laughs> country, Martin Supermarkets. <laughs> Corey, nice. if we hadn't been in quarantine, would you have been out here? already at this point i would like to assume so if i got an invite for sure whoa (laughs) so a definite no (laughs) (laughs) what makes martin supermarkets different reason number four lunchtime options Salad bar, paninis, Martin's famous fried chicken and fish, kitchen fresh sides and entrees, lunchtime at Martin's. Reason number four, you can count on Martin's. That was spoilers.